are the content rebels. We've got zero time for busy work that masquerades as marketing, and we're done with losing the impact of our big message just to satisfy some SEO or social media algorithm rules. This is a show about marketing for established soloish entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships with clients online. Join me each week as we make your content work for you. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is, I guess, my first solo show of the new year. I was here with Terika Strozier last week, but uh, you know what? I had a really great December. I just want to acknowledge that. I kind of checked out. (laughs) I I basically was like, I don't want to do a whole lot of work in December. I enjoyed some time with my kids. I read several books. I played a really crappy game on my phone a lot, and uh, it was kind kind of amazing. We're gearing up for Portland's first big snowstorm of the year as I record this. With any luck, it'll be nothing, but probably everyone will still call it Stomageddon. My guess is the city will shut down for three days, you know, as you do. All of that to say, I'm feeling refreshed. I'm feeling refreshed and I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today. And that is random acts of content, also known as spray and pray posting. Whew. I've ranted about spray and pray posting quite a bit. <laughs> like, honestly, the first pillar of the uncommon content framework is mapping out your content, which is the antithesis of spray and pray posting. And I think when we say spray and pray, you know, I used to say this back in the photo days when I worked as a photographer. And this was especially, oh my goodness, I'm going to give you some industry insight here, <laughs> a little sweep behind the curtain. When I was a wedding photographer, I started my business right as people were transitioning from film into digital. And I started my own business solely on digital photography, but I worked for some other people prior to that who were film photographers. And I joined this wedding forum called Digital Wedding Forum Online. It was basically like a message board. And it was it was created by people who wanted to embrace the digital world, but there were a lot of questions we had questions about quality, how to process photos. And this was when digital photos didn't always look as good as film for a while there. You had to learn it. It was a different medium. Like you had to photograph for highlights and shadows differently. And if you're not a photographer, don't worry. That's not what this episode is about. I say this because there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of unknowns and people were just trying to figure it out. But there were also digital naysayers. They were the people who did not want to embrace something new. They did not want to embrace change. And For some of them, it was that they knew their craft and they were so incredibly talented and skilled at what they did and they didn't want to have to start at ground zero. For others, it was just like, eh, I can't be bothered. I personally feel like we're seeing a lot of that with AI right now. A lot of people who are like, "Uh -uh, no, that's new, can't be bothered. And then other people who are like, this is scary. It could take my job. I'm going to be against it solely because I don't know about its power and I don't want to use the tools because I'm a little bit worried about it all. So all that to say, like this current thing I'm about to say, spray and praying, came from my photo days. There were the film photographers who were kind of saying that the newer digital photographers were just spraying and praying and hoping that one of the pictures was good. And that's kind of what I'm saying with the spray and pray content posting. Or again, random acts of content. You put a bunch of content out there. You're like, oh, I'll post this today. Oh, I'll talk about this. Oh, I'll pop onto Instagram here. Oh, I'll throw that on LinkedIn there. And you're hoping that one thing sticks. Maybe it's going to be that viral thing that makes your business, right? 
I have a whole separate rant about viral content and how it's not actually going to make your business, but we'll leave that for another episode. Today, we're solely talking about random acts of content and why they're not only not going to make your business, they're actually harming your business. I'm here to say something is not better than nothing. Random acts of content, also known as just get something up, something's better than nothing, it's bad. It's bad and it's going to hurt your business more than you just not showing up at all. And you might think that's weird from someone whose first pillar of content and the uncommon content framework is map out, but the second one is show up. <laughs> like not showing up is actually better than showing up without having mapped out content. That is what I'm saying here. Yes, it's a bit of a controversial opinion, but it's important for you to understand that that is the premise that we are operating from. Random acts of content are going to hurt your business. I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to do so by using information and quotes from a few other people. And the first of that is uh, Louis Grenier. Pretty sure that's how you say it. He runs a newsletter called Stand the F Out, and it's fantastic. It's daily, so if you don't like things in your inbox, maybe don't sign up for it. But it's it's always good, and it's not horribly long. It's like a good read, you know? He says, we've been duped by old-fashioned business advice into thinking it means telling people that we're the best at something. Our services are totally unique. Nobody compares. And that just sounds insincere, salesy, nonsense. So instead, we go in the opposite direction, right back into our comfort zones. This means playing it safe and talking about givens, i.e. what any B2B SaaS copywriter, graphic designer, fashion photographer, or positioning consultant offers, because nobody can say you're wrong about that. All right. That's Lewis's quote, right? And I really liked that in particular. You know, He's talking about how, you know, none of us you know, we're micro-businesses, we're solopreneurs, we're people who really believe the crap out of what we're offering, right? But none of us really want to be like, I am the best. You won't find a competitor. I am the only option. We know that doesn't sound good. We know that people can read through that BS. But instead of finding our own unique way to position ourselves as not necessarily the best of everything, but the best at this one particular thing we do, see last episode with Tara Castrozier marketing in the category of one right there, Right. Instead of doing we're the best, we default into this like mundane, mediocre, and um, frankly, fill in the blank, Mad Lib style marketing, and that doesn't work either. So just getting something out there means for you, you're like giving yourself a little kudos. You're giving yourself a pat on the back for doing marketing today. And you make yourself feel good. I mean, that spaghetti you threw on the wall makes you feel like you're doing something check, I've done my marketing for the day. My business will succeed. I don't have to go cry in a corner, right? But I'm telling you right now, that that kudos on the back, that little dopamine hit you get by posting something and feeling like you've done something good for your business today is hurting you. Sometimes nothing is better than just something. That something has to be intentional. And, and yes, maybe it's just better to be silent for a day than to post something mediocre. All right, so Lewis continues here. The problem with this is it doesn't answer the crucial question, why hire you, which is kind of the aim of the game. So what's the remedy? Ditching your traditional USP in favor of a unique point of view? It looks a little bit like this. Take a stand against something, state why you think it's wrong, position yourself as the alternative. That's the end of Lewis's quote. I'm taking a little break here. It's Brittany again. That's literally what I'm doing with this episode. I'm telling you random acts of content is not better than nothing. It is not, something is not better than nothing. I am 
right now taking a stand against something. I am stating why I think it's wrong. And eventually at the end of this episode, I will position myself and my views as an alternative, right? So Lewis continues. This something works best if it's generic best practice, a common belief, old-fashioned advice, or an industry convention you feel needs to be challenged, sort of like I'm doing here. All right. That's the end of, of Lewis right there, okay? Creating intentional content, impactful content, is the first pillar of the uncommon content framework for a reason. And the reason is your content is there to bring your audience on a journey. It is not there for you to stand out in a crowded room and shout fire just to get attention. It is there to bring them on an intentional journey. And that journey will lose some people along the way. That is intentional. Your content acts as a filter. It allows the people that are the best match for your services in and gently repels the rest of the people so that they can go find someone who is a better match for them. All right. That intentional journey takes some strategy. All right. Content ROI, content return on investment, whether that investment is money or time either, right? Content ROI is not accidental. You have to put some thought into it. That thought requires some strategy. It requires building from one piece to another, using your foundation as as a springboard for some of the ideas that you need your people to understand and align with for you guys to have a good working experience together. All right. So next piece of content from someone else that I'm going to be referencing and giving my take on is from Mina Mesbahi. I found her post on LinkedIn and as I opened it right now, it's apparently five months old. So obviously it resonated with me a while. It's been sitting in my notes because I've wanted this content, this episode to come out for a while. She says, every time I speak with a prospect, their challenges boil down to one thing, no content strategy. She continues, this is what happens when you don't have a strategy. You have lack of clarity and no proper plan that leads to doing random acts of content, which leads to constantly being in reactive mode, which leads to spending resources on the wrong activities, which leads to internal misalignment and then lackluster results and then feeling overwhelmed, which again circles you right back to the lack of clarity and no proper plan. This is what she calls the vicious content cycle. Here's the thing, and this is what I've already said, effective content isn't accidental. Content ROI is not an accident. This is Brittany here. The Brittany hat's back on. Random acts of content are not taking the three M's into account. Those three M's, they are make, measure, and multiply. First, you make content. Sometimes it's a test. Sometimes even with the best strategy in place, you're still testing, right? Then you measure. Did that test succeed? This is like the scientific method in effect with your content. First, you look around, you gather your evidence, you pose a hypothesis, you do the experiment, and then you analyze. Were you right or were you not right? Did this content work or did it not? So make, measure, and then multiply. When it works, you multiply the efforts by finding a good way to repurpose it, by building upon it, by including it in that audience growing journey of content that we were talking about earlier. The times that doesn't work, Bless and release. It's out there. It's out in the ether and in the interwebs and someone might still resonate with it. They might emble in. They might see that you're doing good things and follow along or it didn't work at all and it got you nothing. That's fine. Marketing is an experiment. It is testing, right? Make, measure, and multiply though stands on the idea that you are putting some sort of intention into your content. You're not just throwing that spaghetti on the wall, you're not spray and pray posting, and you're not very specifically 
saying these random acts of content will just exist and I'm not going to do anything with them ever again. You have to measure those results so you know what's hitting where you will never get out of that vicious content cycle, the constant hamster wheel, the content treadmill, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't feel great. I had someone ask me in a training I did a while back, do I ever get to the point where I can just schedule old content out? And the answer to that is maybe. I mean, it depends on your niche. There's always going to be like timely things that happen in the news that you might want to respond to. There's always going to be, you know, uh, Mina's like LinkedIn posts, Louis's uh, newsletter that I resonate real, really well. And I'm like, I really like the idea. What if we take it a step further and I end up doing a whole podcast episode about it, right? Can I repost old things? I absolutely can. I still stand by a lot of what I've said and I've gotten great results from much of it. But there's always going to be something a little new here and there. And um, that's where we have to make, measure, and multiply. Content ROI isn't an accident. Random acts of content are not taking into account the three Ms, but they're also not asking the audience to listen and then comprehend and then apply. Good content, even when it does resonate, still needs to follow the listen, comprehend, apply model. Someone listens or reads, you know, your content they actually get it. They understand it. Maybe this requires a specific story to help it like hit home and land for them. Uh, maybe it just has to be the right time and right place, right? Timing matters. But for them to apply it, they have to actually commit to it. So your content doesn't have to just resonate. It has to get your audience to commit. They have to commit to furthering themselves on the journey. And maybe that journey is with you and maybe it's with somebody else. That's why content is a filter, right? You're going to lead people somewhere else if they aren't going to do well with you and you're not going to be effective in working with them. But all of that is built on the premise that you are putting intention into your content. You are mapping out your content. So it leads your audience on a journey that, yes, eventually leads to becoming a client. Does that mean everybody who follows you for a year, two years, is going to become a client? No. No, it does not. We all know that, right? There are going to be people who can read between the lines well enough. If you're doing really great content, they can read between the lines well enough to put things together on their own and, you know, hack it together, if you will. And some of them will do it well. Some of them will not. Most of them will not. Of those people who don't do it well on their own, some of them will come back to you and be like, I feel like I'm almost there. I feel like I have all the pieces. I've learned this. I've done this. I've acted on that. It's just not gelling. And those people will be your people. They will be your clients. If you had a great journey of content that you've mapped out intentionally that they kind of moved through all because you decided today's the last day that you put random acts of content out there. All right, that's it, friends. I will see you in two weeks. 2024 is already gearing up to be a very interesting year. I am so excited about the podcast content that we are putting out. All of it is going to be leading into a big project that I already kind of announced. I'm working on a book and all of the content that we're talking about here on the podcast will be in that book down the road. I don't have a timeline. I don't want to put that stress and overwhelm onto myself with everything I have going on. But know this, if you're here along for the journey, you're on that foundation that I'm talking about. That foundation is going to be a huge body of work. And if you can follow along, if you can listen to what you're hearing right now, comprehend it and apply it, you are going to be leagues ahead of where you were at the beginning of this year. So I'm so excited for you. I'm excited to see where we all end up together. And I'll see you in a couple weeks with the next installment. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. 
The first is share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams, and we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. Doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you guys in a couple weeks.